welcome back to your gamer's favorite gamer's podcast with your host, Scott and Adrian. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Insert Coin to Continue. Today we are doing our deep dive on The Last of Us Part 2. So, fair warning for all of you out there. There's going to be spoilers inbound. Massive spoilers. So if you have not played it, I definitely recommend playing it. I absolutely play it. And then come back and listen to this cast. But don't don't listen to this first because... If you do, you're going to get really upset. I mean, you're going to get really upset playing the game, but you're going to get even more upset if you just hear it from us. Upset in a good way. So let's start off. Um, Do you want to say it or do I got to say it? (laughs) What? Oh, man. So you start off with... You start off playing as Joel... Right. Sitting out with Tommy while he's cleaning up a guitar that he's found for Ellie. Right. Because this is, what, four years later? The game itself uh, is, yeah, four years later. Right. But this flashback is probably maybe a week, if not maybe a month after the ending of part one. Right. Because they go back to to Jackson. And um, to go live there with Tommy and Maria and everybody. Right. So Tommy and Joel are out doing a little patrol, and Joel finds a guitar for Ellie. He had promised her at the end of part one that he would teach her how to play guitar. And you learn that Joel is telling Tommy what happened, what he did at the hospital, and then they ride back in silence, and Tommy says he would take it to his grave. Right. So then he goes off and tells Ellie, or not, Joel goes off with the guitar to give to Ellie and spend some time with her. And by this point, Ellie is obviously highly suspicious. They have a nice little uh, guitar teaching moment, and he tells her a terrible joke, and you get the impression that things are okay with them for now. Right. And then title card, The Last of Us Part Two. you flash forward four years later, and you're playing as Ellie waking up in her cabin. Right. Ellie is now uh, part of the patrol team. She's out doing patrols. Um, and apparently she's like one of the best ones that can do it. Well, it's because she learned from Joel. Um, but we find out that uh, Ellie now has a girlfriend who used to be dating the leader of the patrols. Right, um, Dina. But, right, Dina was dating Jesse, the leader of the patrols. And then she, <laughs> Dina went and be- kissed Ellie and after... After her and Jesse had broken up. Right. Just, you, go, you go through the game a little bit more and you find out. Um, eventually you start playing as another character. Right. Um, we, we find that there is a, a group of people who are in a, a cabin not far from Jackson. And they're looking for somebody. And at this time, at this moment, we don't know who. I mean, I have a... At this point, I had a fairly good See, when inclination. I, when I was at this point, I thought, you know, maybe they were just a group that were looking for their friend who might have gotten caught sneaking into Jackson. 
and um, had been put in like jail or something because a community like Jackson has got to have a discipline system. Oh yeah. Um, so anyway, you're you're playing as this this person, and um, she gets separated from her group and is being chased by a horde, <laughs> and gets saved by Joel, Joel and Tommy. Um, because of the horde and an incoming storm, they can't make it back to Jackson. So, so this girl, Abby, tells right. Joel and Tommy, uh, me and a bunch of my friends are holed up in a little like a cabin mansion, I'd yeah, say. Like a chateau. Something like that. And they go off into, um, they, they run off with her to be safe. Right, to get out of the storm. Um, so they show up back there and go to introduce themselves. And as soon as... Joel says, you know, hey, I'm Joel. The entire energy changes within the entire room. Right. Like, I, I, you just get this whole massive feeling of I am very uncomfortable with the energy we have created in the studio right you know, now. And, and then he says, you know, you guys act like you, you've heard of me. And they says, because, she, Abby says, because they have. And, and then she it, shoots it, him with right. a shotgun in the leg. It's, and at just, this, it's at this point that my worst fears came true. I mean, because watching the trailers and everything leading into it, I, I I said to you, did I not? I know, yeah. I said to you, you know, we don't see a whole lot of Joel in this trailer. I have a feeling that something happens to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they shoot Joel, and he says to them, you know. Well, like, hold on, hold on. Before you get to that part, we need to point out that throughout this entire moment, Joel is kind of giving off a different energy than he was throughout the entirety of part one. In part one, he's got this whole badass smuggler, I look out only for me and only me vibe. But now in part two, as far along as we've come, he's helping a random person that he wouldn't have done that before. Well, see, and I don't necessarily know about that because, you know, he helped out... Um, Sam and Henry. Sam and Henry, you know, along the same lines. So I, I don't necessarily know that he. I mean, he almost have... shot Henry when he first met him. Right. Because he thought he was part of those smugglers with the military truck and everything. Right. But um, so anyway, he he says to this group of people, you know, he knows what's coming. He because he's crossed a lot of people in his life, mm -hmm. and he says to them, "Get out, whatever speech you got to get out and." Basically, go fuck and, yourself. and just do it. Um, so then it cuts back to Ellie waking up in the middle of a dispensary with Dina. Yeah, yeah. in the middle, a fucking dispensary. <laughs> I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, they they located a, a basement where a guy had been growing weed, and they managed to find some joints and smoke them and have have a, a les session. Well, I was going to say consummate their relationship, but yeah, go ahead for that. <laughs> well, it, it is what it is. I mean. But then Jesse shows up and says Joel and Tommy never showed up to be relieved for their patrol to go home. Right. Ellie, so, already fearing the worst, immediately rushes out, and then she finds the chateau. Right. So she sneaks into the chateau, and she can hear Joel yelling. Uh, so she makes her way down to the basement, um, goes to sneak into the room where, where she finds that he is, and gets sucker punched. So then they're holding her down while Abby is beating Joel with a golf club. And it was savage. It, it was, was full-blown Negan 
from The Walking Dead beating Glenn Savage. That's what it was. I, that It just gave me flashbacks to that moment. And we witness <coughs> Abby finishing the job. She just kills Joel right, right there. Right in front of Ellie, just kills Joel. And that sets the tone for the entire game. Like, that... That, that sets us on the path. Now, you see, this is where everything kind of changed up for me. Prior to getting the game, I got hit with spoilers. I was scrolling through Facebook one day, and some asshole posted a Trump meme. And then, like, it was one of those ones where you open it, and then there's a spoiler right there. I opened it, and right then and there was a big old thing that said, Joel dies. And I immediately backed out. I didn't know how he died. I didn't know when and where or who did the job. All I saw was something that said, Joel dies, and I immediately backed out. So I knew at some point in the game, Joel was going to die. I knew that that was going to be it. I just didn't expect it to be so soon. Yeah. And it was it was heartbreaking for me, you know, because, you know, I hold the first one in such high regard. No, me too. (laughs) And to watch him go down like that in front of Ellie and and watch Ellie's heart just break because it was clear that there was some sort of tension between them. And it's like she didn't get to say her piece to Joel or make amends with him before he died. Well, I mean, at that moment, we didn't know that. Right. But you could kind of tell just by the vibe. Right. So they just knock her out and they... And they they leave her. They leave... Tommy. Tommy. Uh, Dina and Jesse eventually find them. And you wake... You flash forward and Ellie is waking up. Like, I want to say maybe the day after his funeral or something like that. Yeah, probably. Um, But they, they... she decides that she is going to go find these people. She is going to get justice. Which, at, at the time, I was all for. Because I think I told you when um, when it happened, I, I had said the words, this went from being just a game to now it feels like it's a personal thing for me. But, um, so... And it really hit me hard, like right in the feels, when they, she was standing at Joel's grave and then she went to his house. And, you know, she she told Dina, I want to go to his house. There's something I need to grab. Right. And so she goes to Joel's house and she gets the broken watch. Just the broken watch. She the watch that in the first one Sarah gave to Sarah him. gave to Joel and Ellie made a comment about it not working and he told her it doesn't matter. It's a sentimental value. Mm-hmm. Um, she grabs his revolver. She in the next moment after that is like a, a missable part. You can smell the smell jacket. his jacket, and it's just heartbreaking to see. Well, he was basically. Not basically, he was her dad. Yeah, I mean... And to see your father get beaten down and taken away like that, that that hurts. Yeah. But, so, like, Ellie also said, Joel crossed a lot of people. Yeah. He had to know at some point Karma was going to catch up with him. Um. So, 
we find out that Tommy took off as well. Uh, he bolted out of there on his own. So uh, they they find out they find out that Abby and her group of friends are part of a little militia known as the Washington Liberation Front. Basically, a more extreme version of the Fireflies. Basically, yeah, yeah. But they don't care about looking for a cure like the Fireflies did. They care more about securing the land from another group of individuals on the island called the Seraphites in Seattle. Right, a, a, a religious cult. Oh, my God. And they, they were – those guys were some weirdos. But um, – so they take off for that. And they go to Seattle. You know, you, you do some puzzles, like some basic Naughty Dog, Last of Us, Uncharted-style puzzles. And – the visuals on this game were just gorgeous. They did their due diligence in making Seattle look like Seattle. Yeah. They Well, if you look into it, you find out that at some point during development, Naughty Dog had employees go down to Seattle with the helmets been spilt specifically to scan the areas that they put in the game and then would take it back to the studio to develop. Yeah. Um. So, you go through this whole Seattle part, um, and there, there's a lot to unpack there. That whole entire first part is basically just one long, big, open-world-like area. You get to go into buildings, and... And one thing I really appreciated about, about this one, as opposed to the first one, is the ability to break windows. That too. I, I enjoyed that ability. Yeah. But it was also something that left you like um, you would break a window and you would have to wait for like a two or three seconds to see if infected or somebody had heard you. You know, and that, that's something that I noticed too because I, I, I did it a couple of times where I broke the window and not that far there was a soldier or there was an infected and they basically just ignored it. Well, they probably weren't. Within the range of... They weren't that close, or they weren't that far, though. But, I don't know. But, that's just something that that I, I appreciated with this one, because it kind of opened up more areas. Um, you had safes that you could crack in this one. Those, those are fun. I like doing those. Which, I became very adept at cracking the safes without finding the code somewhere else. All you had to do was listen to the clicks. Right. <laughs> the the one click where it was supposed to be made just a little bit different sound. If you can stand counting to 100 a hundred times until you find that click. But it, uh, anyway, so I got done doing that, but you go through that part um, and it kind of switches between where you're playing as Ellie and you're playing as Abby, um, you know, back and forth throughout different parts. <clears throat> the flashbacks, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think what was what was the first flashback? Um, I think she was on a patrol with Joel. No, the no, it was her birthday. Yeah, that was it was her birthday, and, and this was really cute and adorable. Um, she keeps asking him, you know, what'd you get me? What's my surprise? This was by far my favorite part of the game. Is it a dinosaur? And he goes, no. And then she keeps guessing and guessing and guessing. He's teaching her how to swim. And eventually you come into a science and natural history museum and there's a dinosaur 
And she has like this most wholesome moment where she says, "Oh my god, it is a dinosaur." You know, and this was this was absolutely one of my favorite parts of the game, just because it helped to, to show the, it solidified the relationship that they had. Right, it helped to show the depth of their relationship. It showed how much he truly loved Ellie. That at the end of the day, they really were father and daughter. Right. You know. You know when he gives her the the cassette tape. The cassette tape, the pin, because they they find because uh, Ellie wanted to be an astronaut, right? And they they find the lunar lander and you know stuff like that. So he gives her a tape of the Apollo Eleven liftoff sequence, and she uses her imagination. And you go through this whole sequence where she feels like she's actually in the rocket, and it's just a very touching moment for me. Um, but. There was a part that really got to my wife as far as emotion-wise where Ellie's playing the guitar for Dina. And she does a cover of Take On Me right. by Aha. A, a very slow, mellow, acoustic cover. and It was a very beautiful rendition of the song. That, that That's a part that really emotionally touched my wife. Like, she literally cried. Um... What really got to me throughout all of these moments was he just noticed all the things that Ellie's improved on, how much Joel actually did teach her. Because, you know, like, we, like we've established in part one, she couldn't swim. Right. She didn't know how to play guitar. She didn't – she grew up to be like another Joel, essentially. Right. You know, now she's playing full-blown songs on guitar. She's swimming. She's cold-blooded, just like Joel was. You know, it just really – Shows you how much, how close they really were. Right. Um, so anyway, from there, we we go a little bit further into Seattle, and we find that we're looking for a certain member of the team. Um, we were looking for all sorts of specific well, members. Well, right, but I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about when the the first one we were looking for at the at the it radio at the radio building. Um, uh, I can't remember her name right offhand, but I can see the first two members I couldn't remember, but everyone after the one in the hospital, Nora, everyone after her, I remember. Right. Um, but we go to where they were supposed to be and we find out that they've pulled everybody back because, because something is coming. Yeah, because of... Uh, we don't know yet what. Well, yeah, at this time, no, we didn't. But eventually, I think it's like day two, you, you learn what's coming. But we end up going to the hospital where they're packing everything up to go back to the Wolf or the Washington Liberation Front's right. main base. Uh, and this is where we find Nora. The no... We find Nora at the hospital. Right. This that one, wasn't that wasn't the main base. I mean, well, I mean, no, no. I, we went to the hospital where they were packing up to go back to the main base. Oh, right, right, right. And this is where we find Nora, and this is this is a part that really set in stone for me how much Ellie wanted this. Like her whole character changed for me. You're talking about the moment we chased down Nora, right? Yeah, when we find Nora. And you gotta chase her throughout that whole hospital. Right. And Ellie grabs a hold of her and gets cornered by some wolf guys. And rather than give up, she 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 throws herself and Nora into a 
hole where there's spores. Right. And Nora looks at her and she goes, you're not coughing. And she tells her who right. she is. She says, I'm the one. And then um, you find out, oh, okay, this was where you learn Ellie is really not the Ellie we played uh, played with or knew in part one anymore. Like her heart is calloused over from this event. Oh, yeah. She takes a pipe and demands to know where Abby is. Nora at the time won't tell her. So she grabs a pipe and it's just, I think you have to press square three times at least. I think so. But, but each time you press it, she, she hits just, her harder. She just hits her harder and, and harder, harder until and the screen finally goes black. And she makes her talk. And she and she says when in the next cut scene, because after that, uh, it cuts to Ellie going back to the theater where her and Dina are taking salvation in. And she says, I made her talk. And I go, I just. It was just a one of those wow different. moments. You know, like Ellie's all grown up. She's a bad bitch. <laughs> Um, so that, that, that was one of those moments, one of the defining moments of the game, because that's where, for me, we knew this wasn't the same Ellie. Like this wasn't really the same last of us world, really. Right. You know, Joel's gone and now Ellie is the badass. Um, so from then on that, from that moment on, it's kind of just like, um, just a straight shot until eventually she gets to Abby well, we, we go through the Abby cutscene or the Abby part where you have control Abby and you do and you you learn. This was who one of my is. least favorite parts of the game. I could I can agree with that to an extent. Just because well, I, I agree that it was important to the game, but I think they drug it out a lot. I think they drug day one out, and by day one, for those listening, by what I mean by day one is the game is split into uh, day segments, essentially chapters. But yeah, you know, like how in part one, you're split into seasons until you reach summer and you're going back to Jackson. This one's split in days. It says Seattle day one, Seattle day two. Um, I think they drug out Abby's Seattle day one segment way too long. Yeah. If, I think day two and day three were, were perfectly well paced and just long enough. But day, I reached a point in day one where I really thought, okay – we're done here. We're going to the next chapter. And you just know there's like another two hours of it there. Right. Um, but we go, we, we're playing as Abby. And, you know, we learn a little bit of her backstory. We find out that when you learn her backstory, you begin to kind of, and I really hate to say this for the big Joel fan that I really am, but you kind of learn and, and empathize with her. Why she did what she did. Right. Because as it turns out, Abby's dad was the surgeon who was going to operate on Ellie to reverse engineer a vaccine. Right. So we find out that, you know, that her dad was the surgeon. He was the only one that could perform this operation. And when at the end of the first one, when Joel went and took Ellie back, he killed her father. So after we find out that, you know, Joel killed her father and she finds her dad, we flash forward to where we are now. Well, a little bit before where we are now. And she has turned into a she-beast. like 
Well, I mean, well, compared to the kid Abby that she was. Right, like, her, yeah. her arms are bigger than my thighs. Jesus Christ. Like, she, <laughs> she looks like she could beat the shit out of the rock. <laughs> but um, she's hell-bent on finding Joel. Right. And, and, and no, 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 no. This was after. No. Yeah. Yeah, it was after. We wake up. Abby wakes back up after they had killed Joel, and she got back to Seattle because that's why it says Seattle day one. Right. I, I was well, I was talking find, about the flashback. But anyway, continue. Um, so she wakes up. She's back at the Wolf uh, compound, and she finds out that her and her friends Manny and Mel, who were there at the chateau, the, the cabin mansion, um, they've got new orders to relocate back to back to the head compound, like because for what we said earlier, something's coming, and from that point onward, you play as Abby with her and her friends, making their way back over to this main compound. Uh, you get ambushed by Seraphites. You got to fight both them and the infected on the, on your way up there. And right, and. The, the, the Seraphites, like we said earlier, is a, a religious cult, basically. Yeah, I, I don't really, mm, I didn't like them too much. Like, not as characters, but as enemies. <laughs> they were pains in the asses. Yeah, I didn't mind them. I mean, you had to be a lot more stealthy. Um, but it it was. It, it reminded me a lot of like the cannibals from the first part. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's just yeah, yeah, human enemies that aren't easily tricked. <laughs> but um, speaking of new enemies, oh man, the new the new infected were quite were quite something. Shamblers and um, stalkers. Well, we had stalkers in part one. We did. A lot of people don't remember them but the stalkers were in part one these ones are just a little more improved right and they played a bigger role I, ba- I think yeah a much more bigger pain in my ass um, but the shamblers were they were kind of like uh bloater lights basically no they were harder than the bloaters I no think. bloater the bloaters that life we fought in this one were way harder especially compared to the bloaters in part two i mean after my first real encounter with a bloater, not during that flashback, my first real encounter with one is Ellie. I mean, that guy was tackling me like he was a linebacker playing for football. <laughs> I had to pause the game and say, when the fuck did they learn how to do that shit? The, the worst or best, however you want to look at it, was the Rat King. Yeah, you mean the one thing that definitely showed that Neil Druckmann is a fan of Resident Evil? <laughs> it was essentially a giant pile of infected that had molded into one giant monster. And it was named after a real world phenomenon too, where rats actually do fuse at the tail. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. That part was frustrating, but man, was it fun. It was hard as hell. This game was just filled with so many awesome moments, but I think, well, no, I'll get to that later at the end, you know, back on the story. You play as Abby, you get to the compound, and you meet their their big guy, Isaac. And he explains that Owen, the guy that 
Abby is with at the beginning of the game hasn't come back because, as it turns out, he's gone AWOL. And he killed one of their friends um, and protected a Seraphite kid. Or not, not kid, an old man. And this is where we have the aquarium flashback, right? Where we have multiple of them. Right. We have one aquarium flashback where it's clear and evident that at the time, Abby and Owen are dating. You know, Owen's like really, really into his aquarium that he's found. He's walking around. He's calling it a water zoo. Right. He, he found a, the aquarium in Seattle. Um, and one of the times that they snuck off. And he becomes basically infatuated with it. Which I would have, too, if I was living in that day and age and I found it was completely abandoned. So. And he basically, he, he turns it into his home. And they have this whole moment where. You know, obviously the two of them are really infatuated with each other. You know, they're really into each other. But Abby is just constantly haunted by the whole idea of Joel being out there. And she just keeps saying, he's out there and I got to find him. She's basically putting off her relationship with Owen to pursue her revenge. Right. And and that's what causes probably the biggest falling out between the two. Because the next time we have a flashback with them, they're obviously not together. Um, they're... They've obviously broken up, and now Owen is with the Mel girl. Right. Um, so Isaac tells her, you know, that he's gone missing, and we need to go find him. And she, he's going to send a whole group to go find him. And she tells Manny that I know where he, I know where he went. I'm going to go find him myself. Because she knows, she know she knows him, and she knows how much the aquarium meant to him. Right. So she knows that he took off for the aquarium. So she sneaks off. Um, and you know, we she, come to a point where she gets captured by the Seraphites. She's hanging. This this is where the second teaser trailer for the game uh, takes place. If some of you were watching, I want to say. It was either an E3 conference or a PlayStation Experience conference. But there was a trailer that showed Abby, before we know, knew who she was, getting strung up next to an Asian lady. And the Seraphites were about to kill her. Well, we're about to kill the both of them, but then they both get killed. Abby beats the woman with a hammer, and then clickers and stalkers began coming at them in this pouring rainstorm in a forest lit by nothing but a little fire. Right, because what what happens, and this is kind of important here, um, when Abby gets strung up, two Seraphites are basically being punished by the other Seraphites. And they take the one and they bash her arm with, with a yeah. hammer. Oh. They, the, the leader says, clip her wings. So they hold her down and they bash her arm with a hammer. That, that was actually a little bit much for me, really. And, you know, with her is a little kid. I'd say probably 13, 12, 13. Uh, give or take the same age that Ellie was in part right. one. But that, that's that's Lev. We find out that that's Lev. And Lev is hiding in the shadows and takes out all the Seraphites and then frees. Right. While, they, while, while the Seraphites' attention is drawn to the... Punishing these other two, Abby uses her legs to strangle one of them, and the, these three, uh, Abby, Lev, and the other person that was being punished, 
managed to escape. Like they cut her down, even though the wolves and the seraphites are basically mortal enemies. So Abby helps Lev and uh, Yara. Yara. Right. She helps Lev and Yara escape, sets them up in a place, you know, uh, puts a splint on Yara's arm and says, I'm going to go get you some medical supplies. She says, I'm going to go get you what you need to hopefully fix your arm. Even, you know, and, and even though they were seraphites, right? Even though they were seraphites, but she, we find out that these two have broken the have, have, rules. No, we find out that Lev was the one who broke the rule, and Yara was playing the role of the protective older sister. Right. Lev is actually a young girl named Lily who wanted to be a soldier like her sister but was instead chosen to become a wife for one of the quote-unquote elders. And um, she shaved her head, which is which apparently to the Seraphites is a big no-no. But she shaved her head. And changed her name. Changed her name and identity and everything. It went from being Lily to Lev. And like I said, Yara playing the role of the bigger, protective older sister, just, they ran away. So... She sets him up in this hideaway building. It's like a little trailer. Right. Goes to get medicine for the arm. Um, we have a nice little HBO moment between Abby and Owen when they find each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, she finds Owen and, and they have a hot, passionate Cinemax moment. Um, I know of all the things. I love this game. I I and I came out loving it, but I think that was one of the things where I, we we didn't need that. No. I think I think that went a bit too far for me. And you know, I'm a guy who enjoys adult entertainment, but that for me was kind of it. I, it, of all the things Neil Druckmann and Naughty Dog did, that was just one of those moments where I said we we didn't need that. Right. So anyway, so she gets back to. Uh, Lev and Yara. Yara's in a bad way, so she takes them to the aquarium where Owen and um, Mel. Mel. Mel found her way over to the aquarium. Right, and Mel is the doctor. Mel's a surgeon. Apparently, uh, supposedly she was Abby's father's um, best student, actually. So they, they get back there and they end up amputating Yara's arm. Um, and Lev and Abby set off on their own little adventure. Yeah, they went off. Their adventure was to go get medical supplies so they could properly amputate right. Yara's arm. Right. Um, so and it was during that whole entire moment, uh, Lev and Abby actually began to form their own little bond, similar to Joel and Ellie. Right. So we get that going on, and... While they're doing that, we we kind of they, they the game has multiple stories. Is what we're trying to get at here. You know, you've got Abby. Right. You got parallel storylines going on. Yeah. At well, during these days where Abby is doing her thing with Lev and Yara and Owen and Mel, on the other end of the spectrum, you've got Ellie going through the entirety of Seattle looking for Abby. So at the moment where Abby and Lev get to the hospital to get the medical supplies from Nora. As soon as Abby and Lev leave, that's when that's when Ellie 
is already about to approach Nora and kills her. Right. Um, so we find out that they get back with the supplies and whatever. And we find out that Owen has a plan to fix a boat and go to Santa Monica. Santa Barbara. Or Santa Barbara. Because he's heard a rumor that the Fireflies are regrouping down there. So he's a, he's defecting from the wolves to, to go be a firefly again. Right. Um, so there's a, a heated moment between Abby and Mel, you know, Mel says she'll go only if Abby doesn't go. Cause I think she's caught on that. Owen is still in love with Abby. And right. She doesn't want Abby there to jeopardize. And what she's they got. pregnant. Yeah. And I was, I was she, actually just about to say that pregnant she's pregnant with Owen's, Owen's, Owen's kid. So that complicates everything right there. Oh, a whole lot. Um, and it sets up for a pretty dark moment later on in the game that we'll get to here in a moment. You overhear Yara and Lev fighting with each other. Apparently, Lev wants to. Lev does want to go, and Yara wants to go to Santa Barbara too. But Lev doesn't want to leave their mom behind. No matter what Yara tells Lev, that she's too extreme. She's too far set in her ways with the Seraphites. She's not going to listen. She's not going to want to come. And she's actually probably going to harm them to keep them there. Um, eventually, Abby and Yara decide to chase after Lev because he's run away. Their plan is to go catch him at the island where the Seraphites are because the Seraphites had agreed to live on an island in a truce, I want to say. They had a truce with the wolf. Right. And to live on an island in their own little village and little community. At this moment, Abby meets back up with Manny, and they're getting attacked by a sniper, who we later learned is, is Tommy. No. Yeah, it was Tommy. No, it was Jesse. No, it was Tommy. It was Tommy. No, because this is when we find out that, that Jesse has... Jesse was in Seattle... To find Ellie. Ellie and Jesse on day three split up because they had heard that a sniper was taking out all of the, of the wolf uh, patrols. Yeah. So Jesse, knowing that that was Tommy, because Tommy has a sniper rifle that we get to mess around with in the flashback. Right. Goes off to go find Tommy while Ellie decides to go to the aquarium to find Abby. So. Okay, so. Ellie gets to the aquarium, and we she we play through the aquarium, and we find we find Mel and Owen. So Ellie finds Mel, Mel and, and Owen, Owen, and they're arguing presumably about Owen, Abby, Abby, and Owen wanting to leave for for Santa Barbara or no yeah. it was it was because Owen wanted Abby to come but Mel didn't right and Mel said that the only way she would go is if Abby didn't go right but From Ellie that, comes in kills a dog right she kills the dog which the dog played a, a fairly significant role uh, yeah unlike a in this game you you actually have to go and kill dogs right there's and, dogs they use dogs to track people and and attack them and, and everything but I'll be honest, it did nothing for me. And I was told constantly, we were all told all the time during the development that it was supposed to affect us and make us think real different. Honestly, I didn't feel a single thing killing all the other dogs. No, you're attacking me. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might as well call me Michael Vick. <laughs> but anyway. But this dog, I, I did feel bad. I did feel bad for this one. 
because we kind of throughout playing with Abby, we got to play fetch and bond with this one right, for a little you bit. Bond with this dog for a little bit, but anyway, so anyway, Ellie comes in, she kills the dog, and she's trying to find out where Abby is, and she ends up killing both Mel, Mel and, and Owen. Owen. But oh man, and this this definitely had to fuck with her. Because she find this is where she figures out that Mel was, was pregnant. pregnant. She, she just learns that not only did she just kill two more people, she just caused the death of an unborn baby. Right. Um. So from there, we we go back to Abby, right? Right. And well, actually, right now while you and I are discussing it, we're kind of bouncing back parallel with them. Right. But it was at that at that moment where Ellie kills Mel and Owen. She goes back to the theater, and then she finds out. Well, I want to say she finds out. She gets technically rescued by Tommy and Jesse, and taken back to the theater. She's nursed. Jesse and Tommy are of the agreement. They've suffered enough. They've they've lost. That Abby has lost enough. You know, eye for an eye and sort of thing. Um, Tommy starts talking about how he found a nice little gold necklace to give to Maria at back in Jackson to try to, to, to make, make things right because he did kind of just up and leave. Jesse's all starts teasing him, saying, "Oh, you know, it's probably not even real gold." And you know, we have a nice little moment where Tommy's like, "I know what real gold is. I'll go get it and show it to you." Um. A little after Tommy leaves, you start hearing uh, conflict behind the doors. And you open the door. Jesse gets shot killed. And Tommy is knocked down to the floor, getting ready to get shot and killed. Right. And you find Abby holding the gun over Tommy's head. And she says, we gave you a chance to keep living and you wasted it. And, and at this moment is where you flash or it cuts out and you flash back to playing as Abby completely. Like this is where Abby's segment completely begins and you start playing for her for the next half of the game. Um, but where we were discussing it, Abby and Manny had fought Tommy. Well, Manny got his head blown off by Tommy. Right. And then Yara and Abby knocked Tommy into the ocean and headed to the island where they find Lev and they've learned that Lev had to, had to kill their mom. Right, right. Which I can't imagine what that would do to a kid like him at that age. Right. Um, but at this moment, the, the WLF decides to use the massive storm, which was the big thing that was coming that they were talking about, was this giant, almost hurricane-like storm coming into Seattle. And they use it to their advantage to invade the Seraphite Island to basically wipe them out because they had a truce. It was broken. Their little civil war got more intense than it should have. Abby and Abby, Yara, and Lev have been defected from both sides and are ready to go to Santa Barbara. Are the enemies of both sides. Yeah, so their their decision is to run away and get off the island. Get to the uh, get to the aquarium and at least wait for the storm to subside and then head to Santa Barbara. But then there's a moment where uh, they get caught by some of the WLF. Yara gets gunned down. Um, 
Isaac, the leader of the wolf, shows up and essentially kind of offers Abby a second chance. But Abby's not taking it because a lot like Owen, she's kind of just done with the whole war. She's done with it all. She's ready to just go start fresh. Right, and she's she's made this bond now with Lev. Almost in the way that Joel had, Joel made a bond had a bond with, bond Ellie. with Ellie. Right. She made a bond with both of them. But Yara, having st- still been alive at this moment, guns down Isaac and kills him. And then the rest of the wolf that were with him finished the job on her, giving Abby and Lev a chance to run away. They fight throughout the entire island to get out of there and back to the aquarium. Which is where we find out, which is where Abby finds out that Alice, the dog, and Owen and Mel have both been killed. She finds a map. No, no, Lev finds the map. Right. And gives it to Abby. A map that that Ellie had been using to mark landmarks and kind of keep track of where she was. And And on this on on this map of landmarks is this is the theater being circled, saying basically saying that that was home base. So from that point on. Abby knows where to go. Her and Lev infiltrates the theater. Um, and this is where the two storylines collide. Yeah. From this point on, the game has you fight Ellie. And this is where I got scared. Because, as, as I had said, I had read spoilers before. I, was, I had moments of the game ruined for me. The spoiler in full read, Joel dies, Ellie dies, and I think it said Dina dies or something. But I thought, oh no, this is they're gonna make me kill Ellie next. I was really frightened. I admittedly I let Abby die a few times. Oh absolutely. <laughs> oh absolutely. But I just couldn't bring myself to attack Ellie. No, it was and I, I was terrified to play through this part. So another fun thing that I learned about this specific part in the game is they're not too different, but for the most part, every Ellie fight is going to be different mechanically. Because Ellie, if you spend the game using your pistol, your rifle, and then your bow and arrow long enough, Ellie is going to use those same items the most. So I ended up using the revolver, the shotgun, and the bow and arrow the most. As Ellie, for all three of her phases in that fight, that's what she used. See, and for me, most of the game for me was sneaking around. Like, I didn't use a whole lot of ammo. I found that I oftentimes had to leave ammo behind because there was a surplus of ammo, which the, I'll get to that later is one of the things that kind of bothered me. Um, but it was that and the pistol. Yeah. Um, so you fight Ellie, and it's just one... It's actually very similar to Ellie versus David in part one, the leader of the cannibal group. Oh, right. Yeah. In that, in that restaurant that was on fire, right. except, you know, nothing's on fire right now. You have to sneak around. You have to sneak around. You know, if you step on something, if you, there's like all sorts of things that will screw you over. There's chains dangling. There's broken glass. If you step on it, you get Ellie comes to you because she knows where you are now. It, it was a very on the edge of your seat, you got to concentrate real close what you're doing kind of boss fight. Um, they fight. And like I said, I thought that I was going to have to kill Ellie. Dina comes in, and what we neglected to mention was that Dina is also pregnant. Right. 
Yeah, she we, was pregnant with is pregnant with Jesse's baby. Right, we find out that Dina is pregnant, and that's why she's kind of taking a step aside from Ellie's journey. Uh, like, what fifteen percent of the way into the game? Yeah. Um, she, however, despite her sickness and not feeling too good from the pregnancy, she comes in and she stabs Abby and knocks her down. But Abby is way too enraged. I think. What was it that she did? No. Lev came in yeah. and saved Abby and shot her with a bow and arrow. Shot Dina with a bow and arrow. Right. And Abby disarmed her and took the knife to Dina's throat. Where Ellie then says, no, wait, she's pregnant. Abby actually says, good. Right. Because she knows that Ellie, Ellie killed, killed Mel, who was pregnant. Right. But Lev speaks up and... All he does is say her name and just give her this look, and she just knows, I can't do this. It's just going to make me just like her. She pulls the knife away, throws it aside, and leaves both Dina and Ellie. And says, don't ever let me see you again. And walks away. Basically giving them a third chance. Uh, we forgot to mention, too, that Tommy got shot. Yeah, yeah. We thought that he got shot in the head. And I thought that he was dead, but then the game flashes forward to this little farmhouse where Dina and Ellie are living it together now. They've, Dina's given birth to this little baby boy, and that they've named JJ, Joel, Jesse, or Jesse, Joel, one of the two. Right. That That's never explicitly stated. But, but it, it's a it, given. It's implied, right. Um, you know, they're, they're living like this nice little, they're living a peaceful life that you would want for Ellie. Just the two of them and the baby. They've got a farm, farm going away from. They they moved away from Jackson to just do their own thing, live their life, and it, it's it's sweet, it's nice, but Ellie is suffering from PTSD. And then we find out we, Ellie comes back to the house and after after uh, a hunting trip, right? After because a we had trip. that was like the second segment of the farmhouse, right? Where she uh, the first segment. She went to go bring in some sheep, and what I liked was some of the sheep were named after other characters. Right. I, I love that little detail. That was really nice. But um, there was a baby lamb that was out. She went to go get it. Something slammed, and it just triggered all of her PTSD from the night that Joel died and some moments in Seattle. So she's screaming and freaking out on the on the farm floor, on the farm ground, and Dina comes out and pulls her back to reality and says, it's okay, you're fine, everything's all right. You flash forward to the next day after, and Ellie has gone on a hunting trip to bring home some meats. Right, and, and she comes home. And, and Tommy's there. Tommy's there. He's missing an eyeball. I know, which, which freaked the hell out of me. You know, he's missing an eyeball. His leg is crippled. and But he's there, and he knows... It's not like they ran away from Jackson and didn't tell anybody where they went. No, they, they told them, and Tommy knew that why they wanted to go live peacefully. But he shows back up, and, you know, like we said, he's lost an eyeball. He's crippled in one leg. And we find out that, sadly, he and Maria got divorced. Right. Or are taking a extended break from each other. But it's pretty much implied that they're divorcing. Um, so it's at this point that Ellie wakes up in the middle of the night well, before she wakes up in the middle of the night, we got to explain why Tommy was there. He shows up and says, 
that he had heard along the pipeline or grapevine, whatever the phrase is. That a, a rather stocky woman and with, a, with arms, I think, what was, what was it they said? Arms the size of a bull or something? Yeah, and a child were in California. In around, the, around the Santa Barbara area. Right. Um, so then Ellie wakes up in the middle of the night and starts packing her shit. Dina tries to stop her, and Ellie says, I have to I have, finish this. I have to finish this. I, I don't sleep. I don't eat. I, I can't let her get away with it. I need to go finish right. this. She says, I have to finish this. Because she feels like she's owed it to herself. She owes it to Tommy, who at this point has become an embittered, rude man. You know, He's not the Tommy that we met in part one. He's not the Tommy that we hung out for a bit with in part two. You know, he's a very angry old man who's lost everything at this point. So naturally, Dina's upset and they fight about it. But Ellie goes anyway because she she just can't bring herself to knowing that Joel's killer is out there. She feels she needs to finish the job. So we flash back over to Abby and right. Lev in Santa Barbara and they're looking for the fireflies. Um, and they come across a group called Rattlers. Well, before that, they find they come across a house. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They come across a house where they get a radio to work, and they come in contact with the fireflies right. that are regrouping. But as they got the information they needed, and they step out of the house, they got assaulted by a group, another group known as Rattlers. Like as Scott just said, and they're. I don't want to say arrested, but like no, they're just taken. Yeah, they're cap. They're, they're kidnapped. They're captured because they're outsiders. And this the this rattler group is just a group of survivors. Like that, they're more like slavers, honestly. Yeah, you find that out when um you go to their compound or their outpost, whatever you want to call it. So they're more like slavers. It was very fucked up. Right. So anyway, we flash back to Ellie. She's now in Santa Barbara, and she finds Abby's boat. And on the boat is the address to the house to where the fireflies were supposed to be. Right. So she goes there and uh, she gets caught in a trap that snatches her leg up and hangs her upside down. Mm-hmm. And while she's when she gets snatched upside down, she slams against the tree that had a, a broken branch and it stabs Stab, her in stabs, the side. Yeah, right into the side of her abdomen. Like, like in her kidney. So she's bleeding all over the place. And then these two rattlers show up. Which, I gotta give it to Naughty Dog for this one, for these two rattlers. One of them turns out to be played by um, the rap artist Logic. That was actually a really cool guest appearance. Um, so, they cut her down, because they're gonna take her back to their, their base or whatever. Um, and Ellie manages to break free from the trap. She gets one of the she has the small one played by Logic bitten and then kills him. Right. And then there's a there was like a bigger biker looking rattler. Right, and she uses a smaller guy's gun to shoot him in the leg. Um and it's at this point that she milks him for information about where did this beast woman and little boy go? Beast woman. <laughs> so <laughs> I just can't get over that term. But anyways, um he tells her, you know, big, tall, round building way out there. From this point on, this the right. next... He tells her, follow the tracks to the resort. She's in the tall, round building. From this point on, the rest of the game is kind of similar. 
to the hospital segment in part one, where it's just one straight shot, shoot them up, kill them all Quarter. fast. Right. Um, Ellie basically kills all of these Rattlers, sets free a lot of their prisoners, asks, where's Abby? And she finds out that Abby had tried to run away and escape, but she got caught and failed and was strung up on these pillars. Right, these pillars out on the beach. She finds Abby. She finds Lev. Cuts them down. And at this point, you can just tell Ellie, she's she's done. She's over it. She's finished. It wasn't worth coming out to Santa Barbara. She just wants to go home. So, she, But she has a moment in the bus. Sorry. Right, so she cuts Abby down. And Abby cuts Lev down. And they start to get in a boat to, to go... And Ellie says, no, you're going to fight me. I'm going to finish this. Abby says, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to fight you. Ellie takes the knife and, to, and puts, puts it up against Lev's neck. Who is, and Lev, he's, he's passed out. Like, he's completely out of it. Right, because they were basically being tortured tied to these pillars. So, it's at that point that Abby, Abby says, says, fine. Because, yeah, she says, fine, because... She tells Ellie he's not a part of this, and Ellie says you made him a part of it. And they have they have their last little fights. Right, they have a, the you know a little fight. It's nothing like major because it's basically if you if you've played Uncharted Four: A Thief's End, it's uh it's very similar to the ending fight between Drake and Rafe. Right, it's just one long okay, well not super long, but dodge, dodge square, dodge square, like a little cinematic climactic fight. Right, and. Ellie, Ellie gets, finally gets Abby down in the water and is drowning her. She's got her hands around her neck, got her face under the water. You know, you're thinking this is it. She's going to do this. Right. She's going to she, finish she's the job. Gonna, she's going to finish it. And then she has a flashback of Joel. And it's not just any flashback. You know, this flashback was actually, the actually very, probably was, the most important one. It was the very last time she ever saw Joel. Well, prior well, to. Well, aside from watching him get his head bashed in. Um, at this moment in the game. All she sees is Joel sitting on his porch playing a guitar, and then she pulls out. She and she just tells Abby, "You know what? Get out, go." And it basically says, "I don't ever want to see you again." Everything. And she has a moment where um, she's crying. You know, she's looking at her hand because Abby bit off two fingers. Right. She she bit off her pinky finger and, and her ring, ring finger, finger. Uh, on her left hand. Which we'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, and I I think the last cut scene. Well, and for me, like, I think the reason, for me, the reason she let her go is because she realized, she realized that it's nothing but a big cycle of revenge, a big cycle of, it's just one long vicious cycle, right? Pain and fighting. And she's just done. She's finished. She did part of her wanted to, but I think a bigger part of her just said, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm over it. What happened happened. We're finished here. So then we cut back to that flashback with Joel. And what the flashback with Joel actually is was the night before the entire game started. Right. What had happened was Ellie went to go see Joel and basically tell him, you know, I appreciate you going up to fight for me from that bigot. Because earlier in the game, you find out during a dance between Ellie and Dina there was an older, far more bigoted gentleman 
called Ellie and Dina some not nice words. <laughs> right. And Joel, being the father he is, stepped in and was ba he was ready to throw hands. <laughs> and as anybody who's played the, these games knows, you, you don't want to fight Joel. <laughs> and Ellie, at this at this stage, Ellie was already pissed off at Joel because she had gone back to the hospital, the hospital and she had found out exactly what Joel did and that he had lied to her. So they were already at odds, you know, but they had kind of a moment of reckoning at that point. You know, she said, I don't know if I'll ever be able to forgive you, but we can try. And and like we said, that was literally the night before, um, before, that was the night before the entire game started. So then we, we cut to Ellie going back to the farmhouse and it's empty. Yeah, Dina has taken JJ and... It's presumably gone back to Jackson. The only thing left there was the I guitar, see, and the guitar and the arts and craft thing. Right. Ellie picks up the guitar, attempts to play it, but, but she's she missing two she, fingers. Yeah, she can't. So, like at the end of the game, Ellie has kind of really lost everything. She's lost the ability to play guitar. She's lost her father. She's lost her her family that she built up and. She just sets the guitar down, and the game ends with her just wandering off out into the distance. All right, so overall, what what was your biggest takeaway from the game? Like, What was your feeling on the game as a whole? If I had to put simply, I came out of this game kind of feeling a little more depressed than I usually do. It doesn't, it doesn't have a happy ending at all. It doesn't. But I don't... It's clear from the get-go, I don't think it was ever going to have a happy ending. No. This game, it really shows that the idea of revenge can make a villain out of anybody. Right. Um, for me, you know, it, it goes back to what we already talked about. about It's just a vicious cycle of revenge and violence. And eventually you just have to let it go. I... I've seen a lot of people complain about how, who was the actual villain in the story. And to that, I say, there really was no clear cut villain. The story was written and told in a manner to show that, like I said, revenge can make a villain out of anybody, regardless of motivation or incentive. You know, we meet Abby and we thought she was just your basic, I'm here to avenge someone or some reason. But then you play as her for that last half of the game and you learn that she was at one point like a young Ellie. She had a father. She had friends. She had someone she loved very dearly. She had a support system to fall back on and keep her going through anything. But her urge to revenge costed her all of that in the long run. You know, she lost Owen. She lost Mel, Nora, Manny, all of her friends, That the military family that she got. You know, we didn't find out until the very end, but Ellie was on the path to forgiving Joel for everything she learned about, and that was taken away from her because karma caught up with Joel. She lost the only father she truly had, and in that, she lost a huge part of herself. The only thing she felt she could do, and what we all wanted to do when this when that moment happened, let's honestly be real here, she wanted to get revenge and not knowing or caring for the repercussions it could have had on her physically or mentally. Right. And in the return, she came out having PTSD. She felt empty, and she lost the same part of herself that Joel lost the night that Sarah died on Outbreak Day. Right. It, it, 
like you said, a lot of people are trying to shit on it, but for me, it was a masterpiece of a game. I would say I would agree with that. Not every game. Sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, and it was masterfully told, like without a shadow of a doubt. Um, visually, it was gorgeous. I didn't find very much wrong with, you know, I didn't find very many flaws in the visuals. I I didn't know. I mean, I think there was a lot in this game that was really welcomed for me. The new mechanics, the new controls. Right, from, but like, you know, staying with the visuals, like from the storm and the way things moved and, you know, being able to crawl through the grass now and the way the grass moved. I didn't find many things to complain about, you know. It was very, very well put together. The only thing I can really complain about is, like I said earlier, the Abby's day one. Yeah. That was it. Um, what was your favorite part of the game? Like your favorite moment of the game? I'm, I'm really not sure. For me, my favorite moment of the game was her birthday flashback. Just because it really showed the depth of how much Joel cared for her and the lengths that he would go to, to try to make her happy and to do things for her. And, and I think at that moment she really felt it as well. And they, they, they were able to convey how much he truly cared in a way that wasn't hokey, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of games tend to do. It wasn't hokey. It was, it came across as real. So for me, that was my, absolute favorite part of the game. I mean, I really don't think I have a specific favorite part in this entire game. I mean, I loved it. I think the game is fantastic. But there was just, there was so much to take in. And I can't really bring myself to just pick out a specific part. Um, my, one of my, my, I have very few bitch scribes and complaints. One of them was the amount of ammo you could carry. Like I could only carry nine pistol bullets in the, in the chamber or in the magazine and then nine in my pocket. Well, it was a lot like that in part one. Right. And I understand that, but I could stuff a hundred thousand pieces of paper and shit in my backpack. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, at least let me carry a little more ammo. Like I found myself coming across so much ammo that I just had to leave behind because I was full because I, I wasn't out there being fucking Rambo. I was sneaking around. I was stabbing people. I was strangling people. I was doing it the right way. So I found so much ammo that I had to just leave behind. And that's just one of the small complaints that I had. I mean, it's, it, and it's nitpicking at this point. I mean, if I had to have a complaint about this game, really, I think it would be, and I and I say this, kind of like, like the fan base that's now split with this game, but just real. I, I guess I'm just gonna say Joel's death. You know, it just. I understand why they did it, how they wrote it. It works. I just don't know, man. It needed to happen. It, it needed to happen when you look and when you look at the entire story that was told. Yeah, it needed to happen. 
I just now he's gone, and I feel like a part of me is gone. But that was that's part of that, that's what they were going for, though. That's that's the emotion that they needed to drive the game. I know, but at the same time, they could have. I'm not saying he shouldn't have died, but they could have done that. They could have conveyed that same emotion with like Dina dying, which. Every, no, no, it had to be Joel. It had to be. Well, the way that the game was marketed, too. A lot of us thought that Dina was going to be the one who dies because, you know, she's wearing Dina's bracelet, which obviously we now know why she was wearing it. it was because Dina gave it to her for good luck. Yeah, it had to be Joel. We had, we had scenes in trailers where, you know, at the very end of the release date reveal trailer, Ellie gets her mouth covered and pulled back behind the house and says, what the hell are you doing here? And at, in the trailer, it's Joel saying, do you think I let you do this on your own? But in the game, it's Jesse, and he says, you think I let you do this on your own? Right. But I, I get what you're saying. It had to be Joel. Just, I was really attached to him. Um, and I If there is a part three, you know, I will miss him. Overall, for me... I'm going to give it, I'd say, a 9 out of 10. I would say a 9 out of 10, you yeah. uh, I, I can't necessarily give it a 10 out of 10 just because of, like, like the emotional said, trauma. <laughs> no, no, like you said, day one. And just, they kind of dragged out the Abby stuff a little bit. But as far as storytelling and visuals, mechanics, and gameplay, I'm going to give it a 9. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I definitely think that's fair. But for me personally, I think I'm going to have to replay both it and Final Fantasy VII Remake to see which one is my game of the year. This is game of the year for me, without a doubt. And if it, I will be, I will seriously be stunned if it doesn't win game of the year. It's going to be close between the two. It's going to be very close between the two. I don't think so. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy is clearly one of my favorite games of all time. The remake was fantastic. But I think when it comes down to game of the year, RPGs like that don't necessarily always win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this was a little, this is more of a more complete story, more more emotional. So for me, this is this is hands down game of the year. But I mean, they're both fantastic games. This is. This is a good year for video games. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say it's a really good year for video games. I mean, next up, we've got Ghost of Tsushima coming out, and we've got Iron Man VR coming out at the end of this week, which I'll definitely be picking up. Uh, next up for me is Avengers. Um, well, Avengers doesn't come out for another couple months, so we've got Ghost of Tsushima to hold us over on that. <laughs> yeah, see, and I, I, haven't, I haven't gone and pre-ordered that yet. I'm sure I'll play it at some point. Um... But, you know, like I said, it's it's a good year for video games. So we'll, we'll wait and see. But this was definitely game of the year for me. Well, I mean, like I said, I'll have to replay the other, both of them and figure it out for me personally. Or who knows, maybe Ghost of Tsushima will just be that good. I mean, I do have a really soft spot in my heart for the old school samurai movies. Right. Um, but we, we definitely want to get some of your guys' feedback and comments. Um, be sure to you know, comment on, on, on the Facebook page. Let us know what you think. Let us know 
where you're going to rate this game, where you think this game is going to be on the game of the year list. What you thought about Joel's death. Right. Definitely give us your feedback on the game. We want to know. We want to be, we want you guys to engage with us. Let us know what parts emotionally touched you the most. You know, as always, remember to follow us on all of our platforms. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Superman69101. And then you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at the Godzilla Dude. And you can follow me on twitch.tv forward slash the Godzilla Dude. And who knows, maybe I'll live stream this game on Twitch for my second playthrough. And you guys can all jump into the chat and hang out and we can talk about it. Yeah, I, I definitely think that I'll probably do a second playthrough and, and probably stream it on, on, fake, on uh, YouTube. Uh, but definitely give the Facebook page a like so that you can, you know, give us some feedback and we will catch you guys on the next episode. All right. Later. Please insert coin to continue. Please insert coin to continue.